0: good morning welcome to brett baptist church online it is a privilege to be here with you this morning my name is pastor brian i am the lead pastor of the church and we are continuing our series on understanding church in a new era in a modern era we're now on week five and we're looking at who are the ministers in the church Who are the ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ? We're going to be touching on it from two angles, one in the general sense and one very briefly on um, those who have special gifts, charismatic gifts, the, the spiritual gift of being a church minister in a local sense and in a broader sense. I was listening to one of John Legend's songs this week which is called preach and it has a set of lyrics in there that reminds me of the heart of god's ministers now god um looked at king david and he saw that that man had a heart after god's own heart true ministers of the gospel have a heart after god's own heart and they are committed to finding ways of empowering god's people to thrive in who they are in him so let's just reflect on these words from john legend uh his song preach it, it is believed that john legend is a christian brought up in a christian family He is a song artist, an actor, uh, among many things. um, And he certainly has got a wonderful set of lyrics that I think sits at the heart of many ministers. I believe God can reach into our lives to minister to us through all kinds of means. The Spirit has no limits to how to reach people, whether it's through um christians meeting together reading god's word listening to christian music um listening to even secular songs but this song is written by a christian and it has a christian message although many people wouldn't know it because john legend is a legend in music um fame a uh, hall of fame so let's sit back and listen to this uh, song and um, the lyrics to this song
1: just to get out of bed and get home every evening and history's repeating turning off my phone cuz it's hurting my i
0: We're going to focus on uh, ministers in general, people who follow Jesus, who are disciples of Jesus Christ, who are bearers of good good news. These lyrics for me remind me that even however much you desire to encourage people in in the things of God, sometimes it feels absolutely hopeless. But. God is still at work. We must never give up. I believe people who love to minister God's uh, grace and mercy and love and good news are people that are empowering others to thrive in who they are in God. We're going to listen to some scripture which gives us an insight to Paul who is clearly spiritually gifted in uh, being a minister of God's good news and this is one passage that we could read out of absolutely many we're gonna look at the book called Colossians It's in the New Testament we're gonna look at chapter 1 the verses 3 to 14 following it through the NRSV version but it doesn't matter what version you have but just sit back and listen as we have this read to us mm-hmm.
2: In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you, and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong, and with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.
0: If you read any of paul's letters to the churches to the christians to the (laughs) fellowships of the first century clearly paul was and continues to be a great example of what it means to be one of god's ministers to the church you could pick many scriptures that would provide plenty of teaching for what it means to be a minister of God's good news simply by reading pretty much every introduction of Paul's letters to the churches you will discover specific qualities that marked him out or specific characteristics that marked him out as a minister of the gospel and a minister in the context as a spiritual gift a special gift a charismata gift I see there are two types of ministers there are the general ministers that's for any Christian, and there are um, the ministers that have a special gift, a charismatic gift. I believe there are six marks, six characteristics that help us to identify those marks. I believe um, every minister helps people thrive in who they are with God. And I have a Bible passage on the back of my T-shirt, and I'm going to give you two clues to what that is. The first clue is that it is from a psalm and the second clue is that it reflects the picture on my t-shirt. True ministers empower people to thrive in who they are in God. Ministers are those who have a heart after God's own heart. So let's take a look at these six marks or six characteristics in, we're gonna rush through these uh, and to see what these are. These, these are not an exhausted list. They all begin with the letter S. And I invite you to join with me as I um, share some stories and some quotes and some biblical passages to back up these six characteristics of what it means to be a minister of God's good news. This is in no particular order. The first one I have is God's ministers are servant-hearted people, Colossians 1 verse 7. We are fellow servants. Many of God's people have been, unfortunately, shielded from the reality of the broken world we live in. Many were already shielded from this prior to lockdown. Lockdown has become such a barrier for those that love to serve. Some have taken all necessary measures to ensure they can continue to serve the people of God, the lost people, the the hurting people. Serving is always risky business without COVID-19. Mother Teresa never stopped serving the people of Calcutta despite how dangerous it was. She says, let us touch the dying, the poor, the lonely and the unwanted according to the graces we have received and let us not be ashamed or slow to do the humble work." That's one of her quotes when she was alive. She once said that the modern day leprosy is loneliness. We think sometimes that poverty is only being hungry, naked and homeless. The poverty of being unwanted, unloved, uncared for is the greatest poverty. We must start in our own homes to remedy this kind of pop- poverty. I believe Jesus is constantly on the lookout for servant-hearted people who will add godly value to everyone they meet, friend and stranger. Are you servant-hearted? What does it mean for you to be servant-hearted? Jesus says in Matthew twenty-three eleven the greatest among you will be your servant. He also says in Matthew 20, 28, just as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The second characteristic, I believe, um, of what ministers um, can be identified by is student. A student as a reflective practitioner, somebody that's always learning. Colossians 1.7 says, this you learned. As Jesus disciples, we always have something to learn. As students, we must never read the Bible as if we know it fully. Let us approach God's word with a fresh mind, a fresh heart and a fresh spirit. Let us enter into his word as if we were entering it for the first time again. If I desire to grow in knowledge, in wisdom, in spirit, physically or in any other way, it is ultimately my responsibility. I do not blame my local fitness centre if I am physically unfit or blame my doctor if i become ill i can go and see what help they're able to offer me but if i do not like what they offer it does not mean it is not good or right for me christians increase their spiritual ill health or lack of nourishment when they place a blame on the church for the lack of good discipleship Clearly, not all churches are great at discipleship, but it isn't just the church's responsibility. It is the people of the church, you and I. If you have a heart for discipleship, where are you adding value in the church for this to happen? I once read um, this, this story. During the day, I take a few moments to unwind by reading the Bible after seeing me do this for several years my four-year-old daughter became concerned and said are you ever going to get th- through that book christians often dry up for many reasons but it is not anyone else's fault god feeds his sheep with nourishment from heaven there have never been so many ways and creative ways in which we are able to grow in the Lord. Whether through apps on your phone, podcasts, books, songs, spending time together as disciples, listening to, uh, to online resources, spending time with God one to one. There is always a way to grow. We don't need to depend on someone else to provide everything we need to grow. We need each other to grow. There is no boundary that the Spirit cannot break through. Just a person who refuses to look, knock, and ask. None of us can ever outlearn what God has to teach us. Are you hungry for more of the Lord? What sort of diet are you feeding your soul on? What does your spiritual growth look like? In what ways are you willing to add value of what it means to grow as a disciple in your church? Matthew 10.24 says, Jesus said, a disciple is not above the teacher. My third characteristic of what it means to be a minister is sacrificial love. Colossians 1.8 says, love in the spirit. Godly love is a very costly love that invites us to spend more than his world could ever match. Ministers of the church are motivated by the love they (coughs) discover when meeting Jesus in a radical way. Sacrificial love, there is no comparison to it. It reforms us, it reconstructs us, it radicalizes. The love within a person, making them a minister of God's love. We no longer see people as the world sees them. We see them as beautiful children of the living God who have been affected by the corruption of sin in the world. Being touched by the power of God's love empowers every follower of Jesus to love Beyond the limits of this world, God's love does not submit to the demands of others, nor does it ignore injustice towards others, nor does it surrender to any manipulation or expectation from others. It simply and powerfully loves in ways that our vocabulary fails to articulate. It is best known by the way we relate to other people behave towards other people It is best displayed in our attitude of heart we can see something of the love of jesus in others but we all must allow god's love to transform us personally i once read this a husband asked his wife tell me dear have you ever ever been in love with another man before me She thought for a moment and replied, no, darling, I once respected a man for his great intelligence. I admired another for his remarkable courage. I was absolutely captivated by another for his good looks and his amazing charm. But with you, well, how else could you explain it except love? none of us are beyond being loved love comes from god god is love amazing book in the bible towards the back of the bible of the new testament um the the letters of john 1 john 4 8 says this whoever does not love does not know god for god is love in a, in the chapter before that 1 john three sixteen, uh john says we know love by this that he that is jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another you know jesus actually said there is no greater love than this in the gospel of john chapter 15 verse 13 my fourth characteristic of what it means to be a minister is the suffering minister suffering without complaint colossians Uh, 1 11 to 12 may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the father when the soul is suffering there is great need of the word of God that is from an early church father called John Chrysostom or Chrysostom I don't know if I pronounce it right he was an important early church father in the 5th century Who served as Archbishop of uh, uh, Constantinople? He is known for his preaching and public speaking, his denunciation of abuse of authority by both ecclesiastical and political leaders. Somehow, God's word is able to bring us strength, hope, wholeness, healing, and freedom in whatever we are facing. God has a way of bringing us through the most difficult times of our lives. No matter how broken we are, no matter how broken this world will ever be, we will never simply drift towards having a suffering free life. It takes effort, it takes time, but we can discover divine joy despite of the sufferings we face, God's word does not promise us an easy life, but it does promise us eternal life. Jesus said to us in John ten ten, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that day that you and I, that we all may have life and have it in abundance. Where has the thief stolen and killed your rightful heavenly joy? Through Christ, we are able to regain this daily. We need to turn to Jesus and to show us the way, the truth and the life. Perhaps the main task of the minister is to prevent people from suffering for the wrong reasons. That's from an amazing guy called Henry Nguyen. The fifth characteristic I believe is crucial to ministers is stewards. Of all our resources. You can see some of this in Colossians 9:11. You know, the most important resources you and I have in our lives are pecs. Now, I'm not talking about these pecs down here. Or these pecs, sorry, they're lats. These pecs. I'm talking about the physical resources. Made strong, it says in verse 11. Emotional resources, strength that comes from his glorious power, verse 11 again. Cognitive resources, knowledge of God, verse 10 of Colossians again. Spiritual resources, spiritual wisdom, verse nine of Colossians. When we flex our um, uh, fuel tanks, our pecs fuel tanks, they get tired. We must rest our pecs, our physical, our emotional, our cognitive and our spiritual. Not resting is a sinful act that can cost you, your family, your ministry, your job, yourself. A man, a Mars a day helps you work, rest and play for about 20 minutes. Daily time with the Lord helps you work, rest and play for the rest of the day. If you are too busy for God, you are too busy for anything else. Don't be tricked in squeezing God in because other things are squeezing him out. Squeeze out the things that get in the way. We do not need more time. The time God has given us is perfect. It is how we capitalize on our energy tanks, concentrating on our pecks, the physical tank the emotional tank the cognitive tank the spiritual tank redistributing it in ways that helps us to be more efficient and effective let's cut out the things that are not necessary in our lives that's why we're not always that fruitful because we don't manage our um, resource tanks well matthew eleven twenty eight says this jesus says come to me all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and i will give you rest he says the the sixth um characteristics are sharers of the gospel of the good news colossians again talks about this through the whole letter to the church in Colossae. paul is reminding them of the good news they have in christ if you love the lord jesus you have the ability to minister this to others. That by definition makes you a minister of the life-giving, life-saving good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel must be shared afresh and told in new ways to every generation since every generation has its own unique question, says one theologian. So a brief word about the special, the spiritual, the charismatic gift of being a minister, which is a calling on people who are um, led to lead churches. You can, we're going to have a couple of readings, one from Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 13 and Romans 12, 6 to 8. There are many other readings such as 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 7 and verse 17 of chapter five and Titus chapter one verses five to seven um, to help us understand how this being a minister is a spiritual gift uh, with a specific calling. Paul Fiddy is a former principal of Regents Park College, um, known to be the top Baptist theologian in the UK, if not the whole world, talks about these spiritual gifts, these charismatic gifts or charismatic gifts in a book that he wrote some years ago called, called the, the leading question and he talks about what does leadership look like in the church
1: yeah.
0: he talks about how um the early church was discovering new gifts and callings and what it meant to edify and build on what god has begun they were Um, that spiritual gifts come into play as the church moves forward. God provides or resources the church with gifts from heaven, empowers us with gifts. He says every generation discovers traditional ways and contemporary ways of being ministers over churches what we see as new and contemporary today becomes old and traditional to the next generation each generation is discovering more of god's gifts for the church we don't read in the early church of a youth pastor being a spiritual gift but i believe we recognize it as a spiritual gift today so let's listen to these two readings and see if we can pick out some of the spiritual gifts and how many i've worked out that there's at least 31 different spiritual gifts in the scriptures old and new testament and i don't believe that's an exhausted list either god has is able to show us more of the giftings that come from heaven let's listen to these readings
3: This is Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ.
0: We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministry, The teacher in teaching. The exhorter in exhortation. The giver in generosity. The leader in diligence. The compassionate in cheerfulness. So ministers of the gospel empower people to be all they are in Christ. Ministers of the gospel show people the gates to freedom in Christ. Ministers of the gospel reduce or or make room for others to grow to be ministers. They give them space. I once heard it said, if you are a Christian, then you are a minister. A non-ministering Christian is a contradiction in terms. Ministers encourage people to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be in Christ. My glasses are a bit wonky, sorry about that. I must to to get them sorted out. Just see that in the camera alexander caesar and hannibal said napoleon conquered the world but they had no friends he says jesus founded his empire upon love and at this hour millions would die for him he has won the hearts of men a task a conqueror cannot do whether you have the spiritual gift of being a minister to the church or not. If you are ministering the good news of Jesus Christ, it can be very challenging in a world where darkness attempts to hide the light, but it saves lives. Ministers may not be able to walk on water, but they can learn to swim, no matter how difficult it is. So how are ministers made? The answer is, God makes them. Christians help shape ministers. Ministers help shape ministers. Neither are dependent on each other, but are interdependent with each other, in each other. Being a minister of the good news in the general sense is having a heart after God's own heart for all people stranger and friend so in a moment we're going to um, be led in prayer by by one of our members I want you to take up your hearts get your hearts ready and you're going to be invited to share something um, on that heart And you're going to be open to god i'm going to invite you to open up your heart to god but before i do that i did ask you if you could work out the scripture on the back of my t-shirt a scripture that i believe sums up what it means to be a minister of god's word it's taken from the psalms it's taken from i wonder if you can guess psalm one And it's verse 3 of Psalm 1. I'll turn around and see if you can read it on my back. I don't know if you can, actually. Sorry, it feels like I'm trying to hide from you. But let me read it from the Scriptures. Verse 3. The person he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Ministers are like healthy trees. You know, we don't naturally drift to healthy lives. We don't naturally drift towards healthy bodies. Healthy souls, healthy minds, healthy emotions, healthy churches. We have to work at being healthy, body, mind, soul. We have to work at being a healthy church. It takes ministers called by God with a special gift to lead ministers into healthy, being healthy ministers. So I want you to take up your heart and as you prepare to respond to God, I want you to be absolutely honest with yourself and as personal as you dare to be and take a few moments to cry out to God, Lord, give me a heart after your own heart help me be the minister of the gospel that you can see in me and let us just take those few moments before we're led into prayers of intercession
3: God, we come into your presence. You are our Father. We love you and we trust you. We want to worship you this morning. We want to honour you with our lives individually and as a community. You see our hearts, you see our paper hearts and what we've written, but also the thoughts, longings and desires of our inner hearts. You see our struggles and our selfishness, as well as our desire to serve. Father, give us individually and together a heart that matches your heart, a generous heart to love, to give, to serve. Put on our hearts what you want us to do, no more, no less, and help us to listen and help us to do it. Help some of us to put our superhero capes away, and not take this as a challenge that we personally must save the world. Father, we bring to you the struggles with mental health of members of our church and our wider community. Father, you are the God of all comfort, the one who gently tends the broken. Give us a heart like yours. Father, we bring to you those amongst us and in our wider community who have financial challenges. You are a generous God, a God of abundant supply, who promises to meet what we truly need. Give us a generous and giving heart like yours and show us how we can use our resources to bless others. Father, we bring to you the problem of loneliness even in our church and certainly across the wider community. Always there, but made worse by Covid restrictions. You are the God who says it is not good for us to be alone, who sets the lonely in communities. Help us to know how we can reflect your heart of inclusion and welcome, even in these restricted times. And Father, we also bring to you the needs of a global community, where resources are not equally spread. Please help us to reflect your heart of justice and generosity. Give us compassion and a heart to pray, act and give to see your kingdom come in the poorest nations on earth and not just in our own neighbourhood. We offer you ourselves, our paper hearts and our real hearts. Please make us more like you, our God and Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.